make it there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So a um, little razzle-dazzle of quick announcements for you. Don't forget to take the listener survey. Thank you for those of you who have been taking it already. It gives me an opportunity to get to know you guys better so that all these ideas running through my mind will hopefully be implemented in alignment with what you guys are interested in. And, you know, a little bit less of me just following this uh, big round heart of mine. Um, in addition to that, don't forget about the special announcement coming in June. However, if you would like to know what the announcement is, and I promise it's actually like a good one and not something like, any, well, anything is going to be good, honestly, because I'm biased. I'm making the announcement, so I'm going to think it's a good one, but I promise it's actually some good shit. So sign up for the newsletter so that you'll find out before I announce it in June. And those are the announcements. The end for that. And if you're watching on the YouTubes, link in the description, you'll see that I've got a beautiful guest today. Come on, face card. Look at that smile. Hi, guests. <laughs> please, please introduce yourself. And thank you for joining us this week. Well, thank you, DK, for having me. My name is Akuya Tay. I am the founder of Connected to Culture. We are a nonprofit organization really dedicated to connecting the diaspora with the motherland. And so um, I connected with the diaspora just a few years ago. Uh, my family's from Ghana. Um, I had taken my first trip to Ghana a couple years ago during the year of return. And so I am now passionate about bringing everyone else with me to the diaspora, to Ghana, to all the beautiful places in Africa. And so I'm excited to be here to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being here. And thank you for bringing the energy. I, I can, you know, like, I don't feel like I've ever had a dry guest, but vibe check passed. I appreciate it. <laughs> I can't I feed off your energy. Like, old, dope energy. So I'm feeding off you. Thank you. So first, let me take a little unrelated segue. Can you pronounce your name for me again? Sure, Aquia. Aquia. So, Bestie and I, hey Dell, we <laughs> just finished reading Homegoing together. I okay. cannot. I, I see the author's name, but I want to say it's Ya. Ya Senwa. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and oddly, not oddly enough, but I love the name Aquia. But I've always been saying Aquia. And I looked it up and I know that it means born on a Wednesday. And so I was like, okay, applies. Cause of course I did a reverse search and I found out I was born on a Wednesday. So I just feel like this is quite happenstance. So it is a pleasure to actually meet an Aquia in actual life, like digital oh life, God. but real life. That so, is so uh -huh. dope. dope. I thought, for the record, like the pronunciation Akua isn't incorrect. Like okay. there are certain parts of the country that pronounce in certain um, groups of people that pronounce it Akua and um, Akua is another pronunciation. So you, you ain't wrong. Exactly. You vibe and it, it was right. It was right. And you know what's funny? The other, I think it was like a week ago. I don't know when it was, but I was full of really good one-liners and one of them was, I'm either a lot wrong or just like a little bit of wrong or it was better than that what it was. But basically it was, 
it sounded like I was going to say I wasn't going to be wrong, but it was just like variations of wrong. So mm-hmm. now we can get into the meat and potatoes. So mm-hmm. please explain what connected to culture is and how you guys actually go about connecting people to the diaspora. So connect to the culture um, really was just, it's like a little birth of a brain thought that I had when I went to Ghana and I was like, you know, we should really be connecting people to the diaspora. And so in 2019, it was lit, like, you know, we were going, it was pre-COVID and then it happened in March and everything shut down. And so I didn't have the opportunity to go back, but I still stay connected to the motherland, to my family back there. And it's was really through tech and through technology and through video calls and just um, connecting through the internet. And so because there was not only a need for just connection just to the motherland, but just connection with the internet, with COVID and everything that's happening. And then when I actually looked at the numbers of just people, Black people just in the United States, the richest country, like almost one of the richest countries in the world, like with a rate of like 30% of Black people and Black children in this country don't have internet. That's crazy. Like not even access to it. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, not being able to travel, but still wanting to be connected to the motherland. That was sort of like the idea and the genesis of how connected the culture came together. It's not only connecting, like connecting flights, but also connecting right. technology to the motherland. Okay. So what are your particular um, touch points? Do you book trips? Do you sponsor? Like, um, I know I have a friend of mine. I don't, remember what country it was I feel like it was either Ghana or Nigeria she uh sponsored a school and did a fundraiser for donating technology I had another friend um that first one was uh Marsha who was actually a past guest and I also had another friend Crispin who did or has I think he still has an org Veronica's way I want to say and they also work with donating technology like um computers from corporate donors, people that are just done with computers in their own lives, and they donate them to schools out there that may have a more difficult time finding these items for their students. So what uh, what points in particular, how in particular, like, do you connect? What are your, um, how do you do that? So we do it a number of ways. We have in-person experiences that we host in the United States to connect the, you know, connect people in the United States with the diaspora. So we do that. We have a partnership with Airbnb. And so, um, yeah, we host social impact experiences. So if you're traveling into DC and you go on Airbnb and you're booking your hotel or your stay at um, someone's house, usually experiences will come up like, oh, check out this restaurant with this group, check out this. And so we are one of those experiences so oh, see um, nice, nice. yeah so connected to culture has experiences we had one in dc that was great um in past november we uh took folks to swahili village which is a nice restaurant to african fusion so it has um north african west african east african food and so we took folks there showed them the different items on the menu gave them a tasting of it drinks and things like that and then we talk about you know the origins of the food and the okay. connections to the motherland so that's how we do it in person. Okay. So we do that through Airbnb, um, in-person experiences. We also do that through trip. 
trips. So we host experiences to Ghana twice a year and then the summer and in the winter. And so we will actually bring you with us. We take you to um, our favorite spots, our folks, our family. We go to festivals. We are at Afrocello. We are at, you know, Chale Wote in the summer and August. We go to all these festivals and we experience the, the country with you. We talk to the natives. So you get to feel right. the country. So we do it that way as well. And then we also have a, and that experience, that back to the motherland experience is purely cultural, right? It's, you know, it, you get the vibe of the country, but we have a, another experience that is really dedicated to the pro-social efforts and really giving back to the country. Cause you know, it's all cool to go and hang out and have a good time in the right. country and, you know, spend money there, but it's important to give back. So there's a part of our trip where we call building communities. And that's where we go. And we actually go to schools. I adopted a school. My sister's actually a teacher in Ghana. So hey, shout out to teachers. My mama was a teacher. So is my grandma. My boyfriend's mom is a teacher. Like, so teachers run. Man, I love for teachers. Shout out to your sister. Yes. So the teacher, she's a teacher. And so I've sort of adopted her school. Um, It's the seven day event to school in in Insawam, Ghana. And so, you know, we tackle projects, you know, to help them get connected. So, you know, even though I want to come in and I'm like, hey, I have these laptops. I'd love to give it to your school. She was like, "Um, that's all great, but we have a roof leaking and, you know, we could bring computers in and all that stuff, but no good. And it's no good. So what we do is we work with communities and we start tackling issues that they really need. So right now we're working on rebuilding the roof, making sure they have classrooms, infrastructure, so that once we bring in the technology, it can be sustained, it can be accessed by folks, and it can be maintained. So um, not only do we do those in online experience, we have real like life experiences. Like we go out, we talk to people, we we touch lives, we talk to people and we get our hands dirty. Like we out there bringing bamboo. Like like I'm shipping bamboo, I'm getting it on the truck. Like we going out there and we're really, you know, getting to know the community and doing good work there. I really like that because I feel like as well-intentioned as a lot of people are when it comes to offering support and offering help, we have an idea of what we want to give, but that may not necessarily be able to be received at the current time. It's a matter of showing up and asking or even just asking before you decide to kind of just give something, is this something that you need? You know what I mean? Or is this something that you can, it's not, I don't want to say want because who doesn't want help, but is this the help that can best serve you. How, if you are going to be of service, I feel it's it's better to serve someone with what they're going to use. It's like, if you ask me if I, you know, need, um, I don't know, gas money versus how about you just give me that $25 and I put it to the radio in my car that don't work right now. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> while I appreciate your gas money, I appreciate you putting gas in the car. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather just put that into the, the radio that ain't working right now. So it's just like, thank you. But there's something else I'd rather work on. So I, I really do um, enjoy that. How did you decide to go back for the year of return? Because you said you have family there. <laughs> it was all coincidental. <laughs> it's actually a really funny story. So um, my mom has been, um, my mom came to this country actually like with me in tow, like literally eight months pregnant with me. Oh, wow. And so she's been here for some, for some odd years. Right, right. Oh, been here for a long time. <laughs> and so it was time for her to retire. So me and my sister were like, yo, girl, we love you. But um, like we getting old, we're not babies anymore. Like you can go live your life. Like yeah. you can, you know, go home. We got this. So, 
yeah, we got this, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, we booked a ticket. And so December just happened to be the time. And um, we did it in August of uh, 2019. And we just so happened, we're like, all right, December's the time. It seemed, you know, we had heard that that's a, you know, the festive season. Yeah. And so we were like, all right, let's just go. And we went and were, <laughs> was blown away. It was dope. Wow. What about it stood out the most to you? And what kind of differences did you see possibly between your life here in the States and then what you could see for yourself there? You know, it was so interesting. Like one of the things I remember going and realizing is that like, just even our interaction earlier, you know how you had, you know, you asked about my pronunciation. I never had that. Nobody asked that, you know, when I said my name is Aquia, they knew, they knew exactly how to say it. They knew how to pronounce it. So it felt good being around people mm. who understood even just my name. Cause you know, I've grown up, you know, I'm growing up here and I've had to sort of work with it. and that's fine, you know, and right. I love them. I appreciate it because that's how, you know, I, I have pride in my culture. And so I'm always happy to talk about it, but you know, it just felt, it was interesting to be around people who, you know, knew how to say my name immediately. So that's just one little nuance, just, and also being around people that looked like me, you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone looked like me and uh, you know it was funny I went to my dad's hometown and like literally I was looking down the street and I was like that girl looks just like me and it ends up being my cousin like and there's a reason like like that with your cousin like that's why y'all look alike and I'm like oh so it was great seeing not only people who knew my name but that Mm -hmm. looked like me and everybody is so inviting when they say like people in Ghana or just like West Africa just you know just even other countries in general, they're just so welcoming. Like it was just so, it was a a different vibe. It's just a different feeling knowing that you're around people that look like you and they want it. And it felt like a good place to be when I went. Okay. So I did check out your YouTube page and (laughs) shout out to building a freaking house over there. What now are, do you have dual citizenship there? Yes, I do. Thank you. Appreciate that. Like that wasn't easy. That wasn't easy, honey. (laughs) And that's another question I was very curious about. In terms of dual citizenship, did you have to do that like as an adult or did your mom take care of that for you? So it was (laughs) actually, you know, it was an interesting situation because um, my, both my parents are Ghanaian by birth. They were Mm -hmm. born there. I had, I have access to citizenship. So it wasn't, it wasn't a difficult process for me. It it, it wasn't that hard. Okay. And in terms of purchasing, and I remember in the video, you had mentioned like your mom had purchased property there. So you were building on that land there. So you gave a couple of really great tips there. But in terms of any um, Americans who may have now, granted, this is Ghana. This isn't necessarily the case for all of them countries. However, Mm -hmm. it's a nice little stepping stone so that you've got something in mind to kind of base your your search around. So in terms of and your the link to her YouTube will absolutely be in the description because why not? Right. Um, In terms of deciding to build there and plant roots there like what ultimately is your intention do you intend to move there do you want to be like in both places do you want to I know you have a son do you want to continue to raise your son over there like what are your as a American born woman with parents that aren't from here I know that one, there is potential. I won't speak for your experience of self, but I know that, for, exa- for example, this is the basis of where I'm going with the question, right? Because I know what I'm thinking in my head. So let me feel <laughs> All right. So my homeboy, Jason, we had this conversation 
way back. And I mean, way back, like way back when I was doing um, like couch conversations, like I had a YouTube channel, like way before I did travel and shit. And my homeboy, Jason, his parents are from Guyana. And so his experience of being a first generation kid was while you are not necessarily black American, baby, the world sees you as black. So they did a very, um, I don't want to say particular, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were, I guess not specific, ain't it? Intentional. They were very intentional about bringing that to his awareness. While yes, we are from Guyana and we are raising you like we are from Guyana. We also want you to have that awareness that while that is important to us and while that is very important to you the world doesn't see that per se they just see you as a black man and they're going to treat you that way so here's some history on black american experience here's what happens to black folk in the states like they had that conversation with him so i'm curious as to your experience um here in the states and what your thought process may have been in terms of one maybe raising your son here versus there whether or not you want to stay here, whether you want to be in both places, like deciding to build a house, period, wherever you do it is a big undertaking, especially being so far away. Like that's a lot to invest in one financially, emotionally, spiritually, like you got to take them calls, you got to type them emails up and you have to trust that the people there are actually doing what they're saying they're doing with your money and not just your money while you are here that's still your time because you're investing the time there so i'm really curious as to what your experience or what maybe more so your thought process was to lead you to wanting to kind of i don't want to say start that life there but to put that part of your life or invest so much of yourself in that destination as well that's an amazing 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 question Thank and you. it's a lot a lot of, and it has so many layers I'm feeling the yeah. layers back audience so many layers so it was so many factors that went into it okay. so the first was um that right I've been living here in the United States all my life I've grown up here I kind of was tired of it you know what I'm saying I, like I Oh, I do. I, you know, yeah, exactly. Like you, you know, you know, we black women, so we mm. get it, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm just tired. Like, I was just tired of the grind, tired, and tired of everything. And didn't even know I was tired until I got to Ghana. And mm. so, like, the fact was, I got to Ghana, I started feeling better, my skin was glowing, the food I was eating, like everything started to feel better. So I was like, I, and I wasn't even in a rush to go back. So, right, right. That was, so I'm feeling like that's a feeling like I wanted to hold on to. Like once you get that mm-hmm. feeling, once you go somewhere else, you experience something, you feel good and make sh- you want to hold on to that. So part of it was like, dang, I got it. You know, I, I'm just having a good time. Everything is great here. You know, I'm good. Also, you know, I'm coming from America. So my dollar is, you know, however many cities at the time it is. So like, I'm going over there thinking I'm balling. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm able to, you know, I'm buying things. So I'm, my experience is a lot different as a, you know, as a tourist. Yeah. So of course I'm going in there. Like I'm thinking, you know, I'm feeling good. My money's along there. I could stay there for a while. So that was my thought process in it. So I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. You know, in terms of my son, and it's, it's very interesting. So my, my son's father is not Ghanaian. He okay. is, you know, he is black, but he um, is, uh, was raised here too as well. And so, you know, he's not familiar with that culture. And so 
but you know, my whole family is Ghanaian, and that's my culture. So, you know, I've always I've debated that. We've talked about it, but you know, we're not really on the same page with it. And so, you know, as much as I want him to be there, he kind of has to stay here. Okay. And I'm cool with that. I, you know, and I'm cool with that. I just, you know, I want him to have that experience and I want him to feel like that was always home. So that was another reason why I was like, I'm gonna, you know, while he can't be here, you know, full time, I want him to know like you're not going to God, you're not gonna get an air. Airbnb. You're not going to stay at a hotel. Yep. You're not going to stay at somebody's house. You're going to go to a house that you actually have access to. Like your, it's in your name. It's in your family's name. Like that's home. So that was sort of where I, you know, sort of compensate. Well, maybe I can't take him, you know, now. And especially he's a teenager now. So he's yeah. already done with school. So, you know, in a few years, he can decide whether or not that's where he wants to be. So right. I, I want to give him that option. So I didn't force him to, you know, make that decision to come with me. So because he's about to be of age and about to be an adult, I can live my life. Mama can have a little free time. Mama can do anything. So I'm thinking, you know, when he, once he's made his decision, he's off to college, like I have a new life. Like I have time, I have space. Like I feel like a new rebirth, like, you know, 40 is the new 30, 20, Mm -hmm. whatever it is now. Girl, it's (laughs) tapping me on the shoulder. I'm telling you, and that, and that's also another part of it. You know, I was thinking like, I'm getting to this age and like, I'm getting to this milestone. Like I need to do something big. And honestly, it comes down when it comes down to it. I can't afford to do nothing here. Like we are on the grind. They treat us, they do us dirty. We work, work, work. We ain't got no ownership, but nothing here. (laughs) Nothing, nothing, not a thing. So, you know, when the opportunity came, for ownership there. And the fact was at that time during the year return, like they were giving out land to diasporans, like for, you know, you know, just to come, just to have access to the land. So once I was hearing about these, you know, these opportunities where like land was being given to, you know, black people who are coming, who want to repatriate, come back to Ghana, um, I started looking into it. And so the opportunity came to me and it and it just made sense. Right. So it was like, why not? Why not? And so, and, but I'll be honest, like, you know, I'm saying all this good things. I'm saying all the great things like, God, it's great. It's, you know, it has investment opportunities. It has this, but at the end of the day, I'm still black. Like I yeah. open my mouth, they don't hear the accent. I'm still a brony. Like, and a brony is like a white man, foreigner. Like mm-hmm. I'm still a foreigner. So at the end of the day, yes, they're welcoming to me because you know I'm you know supporting. But I still have a lot to learn about the culture. Yeah. I still have a lot okay. to you know understand about the culture. And I think that is something that sort of motivates me to go because I'm interested in. It. I have a vested interest in it. But for folks who may not be vested in that culture, it may not be the right decision for them. But for me personally, I knew that it's something that was worth it because, right, I might get discouraged by, you know, my own people looking at me like I'm white. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, you know, a part of them. And, you know, and, you know, Africans in general are proud people. So, you know, they they have pride in their culture. And so you as a foreigner or me as a foreigner, I stick out. I'm still a foreigner, whether my name is a queer man or whoever, whoever, I'm still American. So um, I do struggle with that. And I think a lot of people do if they're repatriating there, but I'm like, nah, that's my culture. I'm y'all going to love me. No, I'm here. here. What's up? Take your time, but you're going to get used to it. So what about, um, or did anything about Ghana surprise you, right? Because I know growing up American and 
we seem to be in that same age bracket. So we know what yes. the the story of Africa was when we were coming up, when we were in elementary school, when we were in junior high. It was not as embraced. It was not as openly welcomed to um, necessarily, first of all, kids are assholes, right? <laughs> we give kids great uh, we give them grace to be assholes because they don't know any better right kids are learning to be better and accepting younger people and adults however we know that there was one picture of africa where you had old girl singing and she what was um you know the song in the eyes of an angel by 11 oh, yes. one o'clock exactly. in the morning every <laughs> night you just always felt like Everyone there is malnourished. Everyone there is starving. Everyone would tell you, finish your plate because there's starving kids in Africa. So there was always this one narrative of what Africa was. So what did you, and being that your parents are from Africa, that you have Ghanaian parents, like what was your understanding of what Africa was? And did that match to what you experienced when you got there for the first time? So, you know, I, that, that is so interesting that when I think about it, like, I don't even know if I had, I, I think my perceptions of Ghana, because I hadn't been there, were, were exactly what I saw on TV. I thought it was a iteration of that, but it wasn't, you know, and not as, and because my parents would never let me believe that that was exactly the whole country. So I knew it wasn't, I knew that that wasn't all of it, but I knew right. that that there was an element of, you know, um, it being a third world, there's, you know, there's a lot of people struggling. So I had that picture in my head. When I got there, I was really surprised at how much money there is there. Like, like people will say that, you know, it's a rich, you know, the country is poor, but like there is so much wealth and not even wealth in terms of money, but just of resources. Like it's green. There's like, it, it was just very full of resources. And I was like, wow. So that was one thing I was surprised about. Another thing I will say, like just on, just on a dating level, like, okay. you know, I'd grown up, like I, you know, it's so funny. Like I'd grown up, like hearing stories from my auntie, like, you don't want no African man. You don't want no, Af no, 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 no. You don't want none of them. Um, and you know, for various reasons. And so, you know, I thought, you know, oh yeah, I'm never going to marry no African man, honey. I got there and was treated like a queen. I was like, oh, Oh my gosh, like really? Like you're gonna do this for me? You doing that? Like, <laughs> like, homeboy opened the door for me back home. Like, what? <laughs> He's talking about how much I got on it. Like exactly. nothing. Right, exactly. What you got dinner? You got this, you got that. I, I, oh, okay, all right. So that was one thing I was really shocked at. Just like the hospitality, like the open, like the gentlemanness. Like, you know, like there were real gentlemen there. Like, and so that that's something that, you know, I was really, really shocked about as well. Just not only just like just the country and like what it looked like, but just the the people there, especially, you know, mm -hmm. me. And everything, <laughs> but no, it was, it was you know the razzle dazzle you know, part of it all. The razzle dazzle <laughs> part of it, but no, and you know, and also just how much you know, just how much folks are just like me, <laughs> like exactly like me. I met so much, pe so many people, like on the streets, on the at the beach, like, and it was just surprising. Like we like the same music. We like we grew up listening to the same things. Like I'm on, the, I'm listening. We go on the radio at night. They got the slow jam playing at night. I'm listening to Joe to see. I'm feeling, I'm good. Like, you know, <laughs> right. I'm, you know, Pandora, nothing to work. Like, you know, so it was good to feel like, you know, um, like 
I was home and like I could, you know, understand the language, understand people. So yeah, it, I was surprised to feel the feeling of home. I was surprised at how much okay. it felt like home. Okay. So speaking of the razzle dazzle, <laughs> what in your experience is the tourist or the um like the visitor experience like, right? Like you mentioned Airbnb experiences personally, that is my favorite platform to um <laughs> book shit to do unless of course like I know someone there that's like oh check this out or I know boyfriend is really good at itineraries as much traveling as I have done I gotta say he got me beat (laughs) so I defer to him what we doing cool but where I do shine is that Airbnb Viator slash Expedia search and I will find really interesting, like culture walks. I'll do, um, you know, stuff that I know I'm going to have a hard time doing home. I'd rather experience someplace else or something that I know is very unique to that area. I will try to make sure that, you know, we touch base and get those kind of points met. So what types of like activities, like what all, what's the vibe there? What do people get into? What are, the tourists what are the locals doing and in your experience did you find and this is another question that I have in terms of that also I know one of the things that I notice when I travel is when either my Airbnb or my experience is hosted by someone that's not from there and I personally prefer like if I'm if I've got like a bunch of options in terms of a place to stay and they're all kind of all things considered relatively the same. I personally would rather book with someone that, in my assumption, because I can't always be sure unless they, you know, just directly say born and raised here or I've been here for 45 years. I would prefer to rent or to book with someone that is from there or someone that has been there for a long period of time. I don't want to buy from Paul, John and, you know, Jimmy that are just buying property because they got bread and they trying to rent it out and make money. Get your coins. I'm all for it. However, I believe in the, you know, the, not the smaller, the, the local, but the community share aspect of Airbnb, where people are renting their homes, whether it be your personal vacation home, that's one thing, I'm all for that. But I don't really like doing that whole, yeah, we bought this just to rent it as an Airbnb and we'll, we've never set foot here. We have no intentions of pouring into the community. We have no, you know what I mean? So that, and the same thing with hosts to the different events, like somebody that moved there five years ago and now all of a sudden is showing you all the spots in the city, but you just got here, you know what I mean? So what was your experience like when you got there? Is there a, um, a sense of the community being engaged with tourists when they come over? Are people that live there, have been there for a long period of time, are they pouring into the um, tourist spaces or am I booking and doing tours with white folks and you know French Chinese people that moved there and stayed for school or something like that ain't nothing wrong however there's a preference I'd rather book from somebody that's local because if I'm in Shanghai I want to book with someone that's from fucking Shanghai if I am in Playa del Carmen I would prefer to book and tour around with someone that's from Playa del Carmen that's all I'm saying so what was your experience like (laughs) You know, um, so my experience was 
uh, I was lucky. I, I know for a fact I was lucky because I had family there. I knew exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. I knew, you know, I had people who walked me around while they charging y'all whatever $50. I'm paying 50 cities, you know. So I, so it really is about going with someone trusted that you know. Um, you know, yes, the com- the country is so welcoming to tourists, but you you're gonna spend that bread. They're gonna try to hit you in the head. I'm not, you know, I love my people. I I love them. Don't get me wrong. But you know, um, you're gonna pay for it. They're gonna show you a great time, but you're gonna pay. Um, you, you will definitely pay. Uh, you know, so that's one thing that you know, you know, was actually kind of hard for me, you know, as you know, an American, you know, trying to get back to their roots, like, damn, I'm here, I'm spending my money. You still you gonna still gonna try to hit me over the head. Like, I remember even being pulled over, like, you know, we're going to, I remember we were uh my mom was taking me, you know, to Cafordria, which is um a one of the big cities in um in Ghana and so you know I'm driving but I'm driving we're driving on like you know temporary tags so yeah so the police pull me over right so they pull they pull us over because you know we got temporary tags and so they're going through the inspection and things like that and so you know I'm trying not to say anything because my mom is like don't say anything don't say nothing. Let me talk. <laughs> Let me talk. Don't say nothing. But you know, I'm the driver. So they, you know, they're egging me, right? They, exactly. They come in, they like, it's like, just don't keep on. But no, but they're egging me. Like they can see, like, you know, I look mm-hmm. a little different. Some, so they're trying they to get me to talk. They know what they're doing. So they give me the talk. And you know, the minute, you know, they, uh, that I start yeah, talking, yeah. uh-huh, I get out the car, I'm standing out the car, you know, everybody's yelling dollars, dollars, charge me dollars for whatever yeah. I did. They don't know what's going on, but all they're saying is dollars because, you know, they see an American. So it's that type of, you know, while it's great to be around your people, you know, it's sometimes you are, I found that I was a little leery about, you know, going out and experiencing the country because I always felt like I'm out, oh yeah, they about to really take advantage of me really about to get me so um you know to and so what I found is that you got to go with people you you, that either right like you said don't don't go with the transplants you know who they are and you know it's very clear who's who who are the locals and who aren't and so and that's another reason why I connected the culture exists because I knew like I know when you come with me like I'm a I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take you I'm not gonna go on the tour I'm not gonna take you I'm gonna go call my cousin my Uh auntie my friend we gonna they're gonna take us then they're gonna you know show you around but it's because I'm connected to them you're connected everybody's good um you know the organization you know one of my mentors is my auntie auntie marcella um shout out to auntie marcella hey, auntie. Um, <laughs> auntie has been going to ghana for more than 30 years has been taking people um with her and so you know while she was born and raised you know new york like she is bonafide ghana because she's <laughs> exactly like she goes there and she's like and you know so somebody like i would trust someone like her who has yeah. been to that country 30 times for 30 years annually like sometimes twice a year who knows the culture who has been there who is really invested in retiring there um is that's the type of people right that you should absolutely go and there are people like that that do exist but then you know there are people who are about their coins and will take you for a price 
which is fine. And those experiences do give you something. But it's uh, for me, I always try to find authentic experiences, always trying to find someone trusted. And, you know, sometimes, but I'm, listen, I'm gonna take a risk though. You know, I might hang out, I might go to the beach and somebody, be, somebody tells me about something happening down. I may go. I am liable to follow a stranger to um, you know, a spot. That is not what I recommend for anyone, but- I ain't going to lie. I, 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 um, exactly, right? Tell I me you have some questionable Tell me you decisions. Tell me you haven't made a questionable decision in another country. Multiple. <laughs> Thank you. Find a few. <laughs> Thank you. But isn't However, that a problem? Yeah, you also just got to know. And I feel like that's why it's very important to actually be an intentional traveler when you are not just like popping up and just like following behind whoever look like they know where something's at, but listening to yourself, trusting your intuition, giving yourself ways to develop on and trust your intuition while you're home so that when you get abroad, you don't just all of a sudden feel like, oh, is that intuition? I think it is. I'm gonna go. No. Learn to listen, learn to get comfortable navigating the way different things feel. Because in my mind, I know I'm a city girl. I, I know what that vibe feels like when it's like, not you. Huh, I'm going to ask you. You feel the sketch in some people. And I, I don't want to just make the assumption that everybody everywhere has those same developmental experiences that allow them to learn that. So in fairness, while we trust our intuition enough to just be like, okay, you seem like a good time. Time check, I've got everything, let's be out. So while that works for some people, be intentional. Know yourself and know what your comfort level is, but then also don't be fucking afraid of everything. While there are people absolutely out to get you, not everybody is. Definitely exactly. read the room, read the situation. And the more you do it, the more you give yourself opportunities to explore and try new things, the more comfortable you'll be able to get with trusting that intuition and trusting that voice and that feeling that says, this may be a questionable decision, but I know these are my ways out. These are the things that I have to protect myself. These are the, okay, I know I'm on a full charge battery. I know I've got a charger. I know what time the taxi stopped running. And I know in general what area I am, I'm in. I know I'm not just restricted to Wi-Fi when I'm out of the Airbnb. That's another important one. Make sure you got your data on lock, okay? Exactly. Mm -hmm. you know, like little things that you know to do so that you'll feel comfortable even in new situations. So while we out here having a good old black ass time, lead into it with ease y'all don't get fucked up because we out here having a good time <laughs> exactly and you know what's so funny like that is you know that is all a part of the aquia spirit like being born on wednesday is you know inherently like being adventurous doing these things like we does this so right caution to those who don't because we mm -hmm. don't <laughs> so what does an experience with connected to culture look like how does one go about booking with you how does one expect, like, do you handle flights? Do you assist with, like, what are your services in terms of visiting Ghana? So we, we do it all. Like, you can come to us and say, hey, I just want to go. We will hook you up with the flight. We'll, you know, we'll join you with a group of folks that will go on that flight with you. We take you hand and can handhold you. 
And for those who are like, nah, I got the flight. I got everything. Just meet me down there. Show me some stuff. We can do that too. We can just meet you up there. We can take you around. So it really is a catered experience to what mm-hmm. you want. And you can book through us through connectedtoculture.org. We have our experiences there. We offer payment options. You can pay directly out or you can make payments um, with Squad Trip. So out to Squad Trip, another Black-owned app doing this thing in the travel world. And so I've been you seeing can- a lot from them. Um, they yeah. are dope. They are dope. They are dope. So yep. So you we put that bug in my ear. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we have our trips there. So if you want to make payments, you can set up payment arrangements, things like that. So we can handle the booking for you that way. Or you know, you can talk directly to me. So send me an email, connect to the culture at gmail.com. You know, we can work and customize experiences. So, you know, what we try to do is really just get an experience that will be memorable for you. I love to go shopping in the markets. I like to go to the beach. Maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you're interested in the history. You want to go see the castles. Um, there are a lot of slave dungeons that are still there. Um, really powerful tours that are given there. And we can go, you know, we can take you there. There are a lot of different activities, people to see, food to eat, um, just things to buy, everything to see. So uh, it's an experience that can be tailored to you, but it's definitely inclusive. And, you know, it looks like anything you want it to be. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, do you offer like itinerary assistance, right? Because I'm it, like, what would work for me may not work for everybody else. So in exactly. my head, it's like, all right, I know that I would prefer to book my own flight because that far from me is like, mm, maybe I want to do a layover here. So even though I'm leaving on this Friday, I'm going to be in Singapore for two days. And then I'm going to go to Ghana after that. But then I only have like five days. So in my mind, I'm like, I could figure the flight out. But what if I just needed help with figuring out what to do? Can I pay you guys to help me uh, craft an itinerary? Or what if I am between, all right, so this looks cute. This looks cute. Maybe I'll stay here. I want to be walkable. This is an option. Do you help with like housing decisions? And well, here are options for places that you can stay. And so in like, I'm assuming that you do like kind of a la carte services. Like if I said, I want to work on like maybe a couple of days of my itinerary, but I also need finding some place to stay. I'm assuming that that those are kind of services that you would be able to offer for people that are maybe a little more hands off in terms of like, because I don't necessarily, I won't say I don't do group trips. I've never (laughs) been on a group trip. I'm not exactly interested in going on a group trip anytime soon, unless it's like my group. You know what I mean? Like we've got a lot of couple friends and I am very on board for whenever all of us link up and go on a trip. But in terms of joining stranger niggas, I don't, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily know that I want to join a group of 75 other people. Um, do you offer group trips where someone that is solo who does want to link up with a bunch of other people, you know, they have that option so that you are not that far away from home by yourself. That's another thing that a lot of solo people feel more comfortable doing a trip that's far away from home or just someplace new for them with a group trip. Makes sense. I get the logic, just not my bag. Or do you like, will you like, I'm assuming both of those are options for you. 
Absolutely. So the person you described is my sister. My sister and I are um, two different people. She is the one who does not travel. She is like you, who does not want to travel in groups, but wants experiences and wants to explore and sometimes needs help with recommendations that we do that. And it costs us nothing to talk. Like we love talking to people. I'm so passionate about this. Like hit me up, send me a message. I will talk to you all day. We'll help you plan. No problems at all. We also do provide the services of putting the itinerary together. Um, and so we do have services that, but you're absolutely right. Our card services are available, but, you know, for the most part, like, you know, we could get you wherever you need to be, whether where you are on your travel spectrum, we got you. We got you. Excellent. <laughs> so for your in-person um, link-ups, where do those happen? Do you do that in the States? Um, where in, because I think you mentioned D.C.? Yeah, yeah. So okay. we um we all over. We nationwide. No, so um we we want to be nationwide. We're getting there. So you we will be nationwide. We will be. Yes. There you go. Right. So uh, we started right now in D.C. So we have experiences um, currently in D.C., but we do have them opening up in Atlanta and New York, and we are going to Texas and Los Angeles soon. So um, those experiences are um, they're rolling out. So they'll pop up once we get there. But, yeah, we firmly have them in D.C. and New York and Atlanta is, is next up. So check us out in a couple of weeks. You'll you'll see us okay. there. And in terms of if you're in an area that you don't particularly serve just yet, how can we connect with you? Are there ways that someone in like Wyoming or even someone in um, Mexico, someone in Norway, are they able to connect with you and not necessarily like if we're not ready to say travel yet, right? Like say I ain't got no more PTOs, I don't really got no time or I just had a baby or we just bought a house. I'm not ready to leave yet. However, I still want to be connected in helping some way because I know that you do have a give back portion like you guys do connect people through um, what was it? Uh, technology. So how would someone who isn't necessarily interested in traveling yet be able to connect with you and be of service in the ways that you are actually asking and finding out about as opposed to us just, hey, here's some canned goods. We're not hungry, bro. <laughs> We're good, but we could use some help with these tires. You know what I mean? Like, how can someone work with you with that? So that so there's a multitude of ways that um connected to culture can be supported by people who are just interested in supporting not only that the diaspora, but you know, our other mission, which is to you know, close the digital gap in Black communities, Black and Indigenous, people of color communities all throughout the world. So um, there are a couple ways you can give back. So we love a volunteer. Um, you know, we we host these trips, you know, we host the tours, but we, you know, we need help. You can t- host with us. There are many ways we have a lot of opportunities where we need volunteers. So join us in person. Um, if you're up for that, um, you, you know, we always welcome volunteers to join us on the experience. That's one way. Um, another way is to donate. You know, we, you know, we are a nonprofit organization. So um, we are donating, you know, we accept donations in a multitude of ways. Cash donations are great. We take that through PayPal. We also take product donations through Amazon Smiles program. Nice. So we link up there. Yep. We have a whole product list. We got iPads. We got iPad covers we need. We got stuff, you know, we have all types of devices that we need uh, to support our programming. So um, you can check out those lists to donate products. 
Um, we are also, you know, a part of our mission is not only to give folks uh, these tools, these technology tools, but give them actually like liter digital literacy, train them on how to use it, okay. Let, give them opportunities to understand where technology will, you know, go and how it can benefit their lives. So um, right now as an organization, we are accepting Bitcoin. And so um, part of what we do is we do give that Bitcoin to our participants to help them understand it. They learn more about it. They learn the market. They understand the market. They start doing research on it. They become knowledgeable. Like these kids that are a part of these programs, not only are they getting devices, but they get Bitcoin to invest in their future. And so, um, so that's one of the ways that we accept um, support is through Bitcoin donation that we often, uh, we will give to the participants that are a part of our program. Um, in addition to volunteering, donations, you know, just support, holler at us on social media, send us a like. We said we post pictures of, you know, our trips, the people that going, just showing love is just like the best thing that we could ask for because, you know, um, you know, we just want to share just the beauty of our culture. And so just being a friend, liking, subscribing, hollering at us, sending us a DM, tagging us in your photos we'd appreciate that too. Do you guys do any um, virtual events or like virtual tours and stuff like that? Absolutely, we do. So um, we do it for both of our missions where we connect the diaspora. We do it through, um, we do have online experiences. We go on house tours, we go on beach tours, we go, nice. we just go live. Um, so we have those experiences available. And for our younger audience to get them sort of immersed in the culture, we have an online, uh, we have a great partnership with Resplendous Language House. Um, shout out to them. They are a language house that is actually designed to connect connect people and help them think about repatriating. So they offer classes wow. in Tree, the language in Ghana, Yoruba, and other Nigerian dialects um, uh, in Spanish for Equatorial Ga um, Guinea and those places that speak mm -hmm. Spanish so, uh, in, in um, Africa. So they offer a lot of languages. And so we partner with them and we provide courses to like kids who want to, you know, just get them interested, teach them a few words and adults. We do have adult classes. So not okay. only do we do experiences where we um show them the actual like the actual country and actual language but we actually give them the chance to go and um look at it online sorry i got a little distracted i saw the phone ring and then i got all distracted my bad that is absolutely <laughs> fine because i was caught like i don't know why it didn't occur to me like spanish could be spoken in africa <laughs> right. like yeah Portuguese is spoken in Cape Verde. Um, yeah, it, it exactly. Does that those? What don't we do, y'all? Like, what don't <laughs> we do? When I like blackness is just like, because I mean, you got <laughs> black folk everywhere, but it never because it occurred to me that so not occurred to me. I am not out of the loop where I know black folks are everywhere, right? Because right. of the transatlantic slave trade, like we mm -hmm. everywhere. However, the idea that it also presents itself in the motherland, where it actually presents itself in Africa, what, like, I assumed that it was, yes, there are people of African descent that absolutely speak every language imaginable because we are everywhere. But then the idea of, I didn't necessarily think that languages that were, uh, I won't say germane, but more 
readily heard and spoken in countries outside of Africa would also be native tongue to some places in Africa. So Spanish in Africa was... Right, exactly. No, it, it is. And, you know, you know, another one of those moments, I remember, um, you know, going to Ghana and, you know, just because, you know, like you said, the transatlantic trade, slave trade had us everywhere. But, you know, there is a large population of Chinese people in um, Ghana because of, you know, industrialization, gold and all types of other fucking everywhere. They, they everywhere exactly but god you know, bless them they everywhere. but you know but they be bold they like they will sit there and say no i'm Ghanaian." like we'll sit there okay. and like there was a art like they there was a debate like they when you know they were going to sign up for you know licenses and when they asked for ethnicity there were people who were chinese descent like no i'm just as Ghanaian. like you know it is crazy but yes and it's so interesting not only is like right all these languages that are worldwide that are in Ghana, but it's also a lot of people that come there and will claim ownership of it and, and not even be, you know, huh. from there. <laughs> I'm hoping at least first generation, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> born here and this is the only space, you know, this is the only country and land, you know, by all means. First of all, I would never tell someone else how to identify. So there's that. Yeah. It got nothing to do with me. However, right. the outside looking in. <laughs> <laughs> I would just make the assumption that it would make a little bit more sense had you been born there or had you at least been raised there. Like the most, even if you weren't necessarily raised there, right? Like you could come to the States at six years old and I could see you saying that you're American because at this bigly age of 36, 37, almost 40, like what else do I know? Right. You know what I mean? So there's that distinction, but that is, yeah. Yeah, some of those Not things you watch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> interesting. But no, yes, we do offer online experiences and they um they also not only introduce you to like the land and the looks and the beauty of things, but just culture, like things like language, art, music, and things like that. So yeah, we do have online experiences to connect with the culture. So is there any, where can we find you? Where can we support you? Where can we shower you with all of our DMs and our, <laughs> hey girls, it's on the bucket list. And is there anything else that you want to share with us? Um, you know, so we are at connectedtoculture.org 24 seven, Um, feel free to send a note there. Email is connectedtoculture at gmail.com. Uh, and we are on social media at Instagram at connected to culture. So, um, yeah, we're available. Um, we, we love this. We would love the support. Um, you know, just linking up with us. Uh, the only thing that I can really say is thank you a d carry for providing this space like this is a dope uh podcast and the fact that like i can sit here talk to my sister about you know our, our love for traveling our experiences this is dope like so no just you stay around you keep doing your thing and we'll be just fine connected to the culture we always be here supporting you dude. thank you thank you so much especially my aquia sister my aquia or aquia my wednesday love wednesday love it feels so good to actually meet somebody with the actual name Aquia, and it's just like oh. in my mind I was reading the book after I found out I was just like oh. I could see <laughs> yeah maybe that's true yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you was me so you thank are. you so much I appreciate you being here with me there will obviously be a link to um, connectedculture.org in the description box 
And just remember that travel is so much more than vacation. A trip to Ghana could have you reconnect with a version of self, a version of Blackness of self that you didn't expect that you'd be able to uncover. It doesn't necessarily have to be Ghana. It don't even motherfucking have to be Africa. The idea of experiencing yourself outside of what is normal to you is absolutely all you need. Give yourself the opportunity to be you in a lot of different ways. You don't have to be the one version of you that you know, you get to be the version of you that you want to be. And travel happens to be a very beautiful catalyst to help you get there. So guys, thank you so much for this episode. I really, really enjoyed talking with you today and we will definitely stay connected. And I hope that you guys will stay connected to culture with me. All right, y'all. So I will see y'all next week and I'll holla at you then. Bye y'all.